You're listening to the Best Box Podcast, where we talk about how to build healthy businesses and communities in the digital era. Hosted by tech entrepreneurs Tony Holbrook and Nicole Moore, and produced by photographer and musician Jake Warren, we share insights on how to connect, serve, and grow so you can thrive as a digital entrepreneur. I would love to do an episode where I teach you guys about NFTs. I bought my first NFT. I thought you were like into it and then not into it. I was not back into it. Yeah. Yeah. What What did you buy? Uh, a. Like you, you're not selling them. You like bought one. Well, I can sell it if I want. It's yeah. On OpenSea, it's a little. Yeah. It's a little character dude. It's just like a, it's like a little robot thing. We did it through Freedom. Yeah. And so now I own this like this little robot guy. It's just a picture. It's on OpenSea.io. You can. And then what do you do with them? You just you you have it. And then what? It lives in a wallet. It's like what would you do with a collectible Pokemon? Like if you had a like or a collectible hockey card or like a, any collectible, uh, a watch. Okay, first. What would you do? You put somewhere, and it would live in a box for safekeeping. So your NFTs live in a wallet, a digital wallet, and it can either be a cloud-connected wallet or like a. And then like what a, eventually do you do with it? You can sell it. So an NFT. Do they always, make money? Yeah. So an NFT always lives on a marketplace. Okay. So like this NFT lives on OpenSea.io. People can see that it's there. People can see that I own it now, or at least my wallet owns it. Uh, they don't know who that wallet is, but they know that person owns it and they can see the transaction history from it. So they can see some person created it, some person bought it for some amount of money and some person sold it for some amount of money and then there's a value to it kind of thing. And now it just sits there. And if I list it for sale, people can Pay money for it if they if somebody for some reason wanted to buy that thing then does, is that thing like a physical not, no. I know it's not i know it's not physical it's not i meant but is it like one like if someone goes and buys that now you no longer have it in your wallet it's been transferred to somebody else or because someone must buy like a copy of that thing and now both of you own that have that thing no no it's not a copy it's 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 an original asset so so you like, if someone buys it you don't have it I don't have it. I can have a picture of it on my phone and I can do whatever I want with it. But the actual like digital minted asset, I would no longer own. Somebody mm-hmm. else would own the rights to that. And the, the thing is, so like OpenSea, the, the marketplace, picture this is Amazon for mm-hmm. NFTs. If I have this NFT and I sell it to you, it still always lives on OpenSea. Before it was owned by me, now it's owned by you. And it always lives there. People can look at your NFT. They can take a picture of it. They can see it, whatever it happens to be. But it's yours and you and then, what do you, and, then, and then what? And then so the idea is is that people collect these NFTs and then they drive up the value of them somehow, either themselves or the community drives up the huh. value of these things. Like huh. there's one called Cyberpunks, okay, which are really, really popular. Like Logan Paul bought a bunch, Gary V bought a bunch, etc. So now these are hard to get. And if you have like three or four cyberpunks, you have like probably three quarters of a million to a million dollars worth of NFTs because huh. the cyberpunk is worth like $200,000 because there's only so many of them, right? There's only, and there's only ever going to be one huh. of this thing. So I don't know nothing about NFTs other than like a couple Gary B videos, obviously. Um, how do you see this or do you see any connection into like the fitness space yes. or how? Well, so the, the use case that I've thought of is uh, Freya actually so like very specifically she's a crossfit games contender potential athlete at some point right she started her fitness journey at campus mm-hmm. right 
I was there when she was doing her first muscle ups, right? I remember like vividly the day when she was competing for something in the open and like she couldn't get muscle ups or she was like struggling with them. And so we spent a bunch of time as a gym working on muscle ups. And there's ultimately going to be a picture of her getting her first muscle up. If she turns into Tia Claire Toomey, imagine how amazing that photo would be. Mm. That's like a Wayne Gretzky rookie card for hockey or like a, you know, Babe Ruth rookie card in baseball or something like that. This is potentially like the equivalent of a digital NFT of Freya's rookie card mm. or one of her original artifacts. Now imagine if she owned that and she could sell it and to like ESPN or Sports Illustrated or someplace make herself $200,000 because it's like an original from her and it could fund so, stuff. So like photos Jake takes could be turned into an NFT. NFT yeah. yeah. So a photo can be an NFT. And a photo, a GIF, a meme, anything can be turned into an Aaron, NFT. this is your calling. Yeah. NFT or memes. Really? So, you make original so ones, right? freaking good. And the people that are making a ton of money off of it are the ones, like if you mint it originally, every time it's bought and sold, you get a percentage of those transaction fees. Huh. So if like, if Best Box is the one that mints the NFTs for all of these fitness events happening, um, Every time those transactions happen later on in life, we would get a So if you buy a picture and a NFT, what can you do with it? That just gives you the ability to use it? Anybody can use it. Anybody can basically like download it and put it on their thing or whatever, but you're the original owner. So huh. people use it and make it popular. That's just good for you. Because huh. then if it's all of a sudden showing up in a bunch of like, like imagine if like Ryan Reynolds took my NFT and like made it his avatar on Twitter or something like that. Everyone would be like, what is that? How do I get that? No, 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 I want to buy that. And then if I listed it for sale, huh. somebody would buy it. Huh. Somebody would pay money for it, right? And then they would try to jack up the value huh. and make money. It's just collectibles. It's nothing different than collectibles. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know why we got started on NFT. No, I think it's an interesting space. Like as much as like I find the whole uh, metaverse coming of Facebook stuff like a little scary. I've yeah. also been listened to a cool um, like interview with Mark Zuckerberg and Gary B. Gary one, halfway through that. Yeah, I've listened yeah. to the full thing and it's just the idea that even though there's a lot of it that I don't like because I feel like there's a lot of like human interaction stuff lost in that. I feel like again, it's like the innovative brains we have. I can't not like be like hmm, like what opportunity, like whether we like it or not, it's happening. Yeah. And then there was a spot in that talking about how how surprised in like the um, virtual reality, how much like the fitness space is taking off in that. And that like, whether we like it or not, we should explore that space and what that looks like. And even as interesting as like in the metaverse, the idea that you're going to have like a, um, an avatar of yourself and you want to look and feel like yourself, that there's going to be the ability to like buy clothing and things like that, that mm. like, Whatever that looks like, the, right? So, like yeah. the, the both the ability to like be part of your virtual reality or artificial, whatever the other. What's the other? Not art, um, There's augmented reality. Augmented reality. reality, right? So the, the ability just to like be see where the fitness space is going in that, and the ability to have like the fitness clothing or the things to like grow your avatar is more where I was kind of to think of like. Or just even our our like app and platform as that goes like if that's the route that people are going mm -hmm. how do, how do we like stay ahead of of that and it's like understanding the things that people like they hear but even NFT is like we don't really understand them yet but they're happening they're taking off like right. whether we know much or about metaverse yet like it's taking off yeah. and we might as well like try and stay along with that because 
we don't really understand it yet, but it's going to happen. So yeah, it's it's inevitable that it's going to happen, and it's inevitable that the people that need to run these businesses need to be like versed in it or capable in this yeah. stuff, like at the very least, right? That, that thing you mentioned about Zuckerberg and Gary Vee talking about fitness inside like Oculus, they're basically talking about you just have a virtual headset, yeah. and it gives you access to not only like a video game that you can play, but also like endless exercise routines yeah. and access to like virtual trainers. Yeah. And like you can do boxing, you could do fencing, you can do all of these things. Now, obviously it has the limitations of like the physical like headset. <laughs> yeah. like, how far For now. Go yeah. And stuff, right. But yeah, then it's like glasses and what's the next iteration of that. Right. Yeah. So it's really just hardware that's limiting. Right. And then Elon Musk is doing this thing with um, Neuralink. Have you heard of Neuralink? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this? That freaks me out. We're going yeah. down a rabbit hole where I'm like, but I don't like know. Whereas, whereas Oculus, like Meta and Facebook bought Oculus to put this headset on. Elon Musk has basically said, I'm just going to put a chip directly into your yeah. brain. It's really messed up. And it's just like attached to your skull and you can think. And because really the way that he describes it, it makes sense. Like the input between like you as a human and the computer is limited to how fast you can type or now it's how you can talk right and how the computer can understand it and in VR it's like now it's the visual components of things but if it's attached to your brain like it's like a thousand times faster than like your fingers could be so imagine like what people could do. Uh It is crazy. It is crazy. That's a little much, but, but I think the one thing that I thought as much as like I, I say over and over again, that I'm still this on this side of, I don't know about all this coming that it is. And I think the one piece that stuck out to me was giving access to people that maybe wouldn't have access. So when they were talking about virtual reality, um, in terms of potentially like seniors that are in homes, or we know people that struggle with dementia do best when they can have things they remember, like music that they related to or family and there's ability to have like virtual reality or augmented reality where people that are maybe confined to certain places or have different limitations, the value that can bring to their life. And this is not necessarily us who have the ability to go out and about, but that's again, like in the fitness space, how could you potentially bring fitness to those people in that way that wouldn't be able to have access and feel like they're part of like a community and things like that. So I think it's interesting. I mentioned that like on our dev meeting with Henry when we were a few weeks ago. I was like, is anyone else like paying attention to what's happening with this like metaverse and where this fits with like our software and our future? Because it's that wasn't even that none of this was even on the table. We were talking about any of this two years ago when we started this. Like, well, a good thing for people to level set about metaverse is um, just like there's iPhone and Androids. Yeah. Metaverse is just Facebook's version of that. Yeah. There will be other versions of this that are going to get created. Like I could see like Sony PlayStation making their own network and their own hub of these type of things. And so it's really going to be like hardware dependent. Like and you kind of choose an ecosystem that you go into, but it's still at least a decade away from actually like replacing certain things because the hardware is like yeah. farther behind right mm-hmm. augmented is there like pokemon go and like those kind of things like that stuff will happen and the augmented stuff but i mean how realistic is it going to be that somebody's actually going to put a headset on and want to do that for their cardio and like sweat and like how are you gonna do a thruster with a headset on like it's just it, there's certain things that are <laughs> I smashed my face with a bar. I was just going to say, it's like, it's like I did a strict press the day and forgot I wore a hat. And I was like, oh, exactly. oh, that was really annoying. And then I'm like, but my hair tie, how am I going to fix this problem? Like, Jack, I, sorry, trainer, I can no longer do this movement. But yeah, I know what you mean. Fair, there, fair. There's those, right? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to talk about, though. And yeah. It's interesting. But I think for like for gym owners, you don't need to stress about it. No. Right 
now. It's, no. There's still a lot of low-hanging fruit. Like, just be good at your email marketing. Be good at your social media yeah. content. Yeah. And, treat your customers. and then that's what we're here for, to, like, look ahead and, and yeah. explore that. But, yeah, I think fair enough having another time where we can dig more into uh, NFTs in terms of where they're at. Because I think that is, that's a little more tangible, even though that feels foreign still, than some of that other, other topic stuff. So Yeah, we'll dig more into it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, that kind of started the podcast without us meaning to start the podcast or where we start that from. I feel like that's kind of fun and something different. Um, yeah, so we are talking about last episode, we dug into what we've done at our gyms and other gyms we're working with in terms of, in terms of digital change and systems. And now we're kind of like where we are today. We've done all these things. We've tested all these things. We've had our um, software in beta for like a year and a bit. We're... Um, taking on more software clients, we're developing our services. Uh, we want to kind of spend this time talking about like getting excited about what's coming next in kind of all of our areas. Yeah, the coming soon sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where did you want to dig into? Like mm -hmm. one of the first things, like where the software is going, where the market's going? Yeah, I think let's kind of start the same way as we did uh, last episode of starting with software. So like the software is like our core. That's what we started from. I don't even want to say core because I think we're pretty 50-50 in software and services. But um, in terms of the software, we talked last week about um, how right now it's ready for a gym. That's mostly group fitness, ability to manage like payments are easy, booking classes is easy, managing your workouts is easy. And now we're ready to go out and build some other features that um, give it more capabilities, uh, especially more focused on members. So, yeah, why don't we dig into kind of what's what's coming for yeah, I think that um, the social engagement piece of it, I think, is the next like next biggest uh -huh. thing. Um, you know, when we started building Best Box, we focused on like the core business stuff, right? At the end of the day, if bills don't get paid and like money isn't transacted, you don't have a business. So uh -huh. everything was really focused around that. Um, and it was focused around transactions, making refunds easy, making changes easy, making it easy for members to put holds and cancels mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, we've been playing a lot with the different like subscription and membership types mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and that stuff has all been sort of like ironed out and everything. And so now we're getting into, we've got hundreds of users using the platform. They're all using the app. They're logging their scores. They're doing those things. And the natural sort of social engagement, right? Being able to um, use emojis on comments and like mm -hmm. comments and share comments and like have have threads of comments and stuff like that. And it's, it's more than just a like button. It's engagement. Right? Well, it's, it's like we talked about bringing the community into the app. We know, yeah. um, you know, a common one that people talk about loving the community engagement is SugarWad, the ability to like use gifts and like. And we know gyms that we're working with generally have like a group WhatsApp chat or something like that or a Facebook group. Um, but ultimately, if you can bring it into the same place where people are booking their classes and tracking the workouts anyway, bringing the leaderboard more front and center. And then in terms of you just kind of said like engagement in the app, what are some of like the key things that um, are coming with engagement? Do we think? Well, we so we've talked about uh, like comment threads and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So like leaderboard score of the day stuff is like is the is the nearest term mm -hmm. thing uh, stuff. So we already have like a score of the day. You can go in. Mm -hmm. We've specifically chosen to not necessarily segment it by ladies or men or RX or non RX. It's just an alphabetical order with everybody's score. Mm -hmm. There is going to be some flavors to that that are going to allow some more gamification mm -hmm. around it. Um, we're just trying to play that out. We're trying to it. What we found personally in our gym is it caused this 
really bad habit of people RXing workouts they should not and have no business RXing so they could press a button in an app. It was just like you would injure yourself because you could press a button and you could end up higher on the leaderboard. And it was just it's really the wrong behavior. And while there's a lot of benefits to that, and there's definitely a lot of need for that, we wanted to do it right. So like yeah. there's that. Um, the other piece that actually you and I haven't talked about much about, but um, question the day stuff mm-hmm. is one thing that's come up a lot. So one of the things we do a lot at Campus CrossFit is question of the day. Like we ask people, like, what's your name and something just silly, random, whatever it happens to be. Um, allowing people to engage with that outside of a physical gym, it would be an interesting thing, right? Like our coaches often go like, I struggle with question of the day. I don't know what to ask. But as soon as you give them like any one of 10 random goofy ideas, they're like, oh, those are great ideas. And oftentimes it's just, they get stuck on the spot. It's nerves a little bit. And so if we could, just like we feed the program in, why don't we feed a question of the day into the app, have people, whether they're, you know, attending class or not contribute uh-huh. to it, have them come back in and like, it's still part of that community feel. Right. And I just think through the app and through like that connection that you have, uh-huh. there's a lot of these little like surveys and questions and feedback things that you also can get through like a community engagement piece. And just, it's easier than getting an email with a form or a text message or something like that. It's already in the hub of where everything's happening. Totally. Oh, it's yeah. going to be fun. I think everyone is looking forward to that. Like you said, which is crazy. I have like literally hundreds of people within the app now using it. Um, and while I think on the back end, like I can think of so many features that make the gym owner's life easier in terms of like wait list or more reporting or more marketplaces or more making programming better. But ultimately now, like we have all these people using the app that we want to make the experience leveled up for them um, and make that more memorable and them even more stoked about using the app. But it's been fun, even, you know, at our, our Christmas party we had, uh, chatting with some of the newer members that I haven't really talked to about the app specifically. You know, maybe not even, not even realizing that it's our app, um, but basically like, oh, yeah, Best Box, it makes it so easy to manage our membership and so easy to book my classes. Like, nice. we love to hear that. Like, nice. that's kind of been a thing for us is, like, simple, simple for the athlete to use, and now it's going to be simple and, like, fun. Who doesn't want simple and fun? Like, what else do you need in life these days? <laughs> simple and fun. You don't get that really anywhere else. <laughs> Somebody to do the workouts for you, I guess. Oh, maybe. can we do that? Good. That'd and like, we still get the results, right? Yeah. Like, you go work hard, and I just look good as a result of it. Yes. <laughs> We're on the same page. Can we build that? Metaverse? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of those things that you used to bet, like, I see on TV, like, a little electric electric nose that, like, shake you as you sit and watch TV. Like, those totally work, I'm sure. Those boards. Like, there's, like, shaking boards. The ones you stand on. Like, you like, 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 a strap on oh, no, the, well, the, Yes. <laughs> Yes, anyway. definitely like those, anyway, all anyway. those things. We're not going that direction, no. but um, no, yeah, not. so I think athlete-facing stuff, and I think the the amount of athlete feedback we're getting and then the number of gym owners we're working with now, a lot of the things that we knew were needed um, in terms of features like wait lists or specific ability to assign programs um, with, for personal training clients and engage with comments and notes and completion, um, all are important, and we're kind of getting that feedback from gym owners that they're like, Yes, add those features. So I think we're gonna have a big, big feature, I don't know, feature increase. We're, we're doing a lot of development this year. We have a lot of development plans in the next kind of 10 months in a lot of different areas. So yeah. we're excited for that. Um one of the other one of the other areas that I, I wanted to dig into was additional revenue streams as uh, well. Uh, right. So uh we work with I, I guess maybe two profiles of gyms typically, or uh let's say fitness businesses. One is like a group class 
um, that is uh, looking to add additional capabilities. Yeah. Uh, and then one is usually an individual private trainer doing like, it, you know, personal training, one-on-one, two-on-one kind of stuff. And then looking at adding some small group mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I'm, we're seeing synergies across both of those pools in terms of just help me increase my revenue. Right. And so that is if I'm running group class, help me sell PT or if I'm selling PT, help me sell group class. Right. Help me upsell and cross sell across these people with things like email marketing and like nurturing and things like that. Um, Help me potentially sell other services, kind of like a marketplace or like apparel and like those kind of things. But I think you'll see a consistent theme across helping business owners make or generate more revenue or sell more of whatever the services are that they are, right? So I think that's a big focus for, for 2022 for sure is, is how can we make uh, fitness entrepreneurs able to sell more of the stuff that they want to offer. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing that. Ever, people that have group fitness are like, how do I do more personal training? Or personal training businesses are like, how do I sell more merch and bring up my group classes? Or how do I diversify into virtual? I'm thinking about going virtual. So mm-hmm. all those kind of areas for sure. So. That's a good one. It's most simple, the physical and the virtual side of things. Because mm-hmm. like, here we are again, like there's probably going to be more shutdowns coming up today. I'm pretty right sure the announcements are happening right now. Right, right now. Right. It's not even going to be a... <laughs> so virtual, virtual. I have a feeling we're training right now. We're laughing. This is too real, but that's fine. Yeah. We're here. Uh, um, but that's a big piece of things. Definitely the virtual side of things. Yeah, I, I thought it would be helpful to to kind of give people some insight. Like, how do we decide what is going to get built? Because there's a little mm. bit of like. Yeah, we can build everything, and people can ask for a lot of things, and all of those are probably great ideas, but there's a level of prioritization, right? And so, um, I mean, how do we, how do we pick what we're going to work on and how do we prioritize mm-hmm. and how much can we bite off and chew at the same time kind of thing? Like, yeah, Ugh, I feel like it's not even a straight answer on that. Um, I mean, one, I guess being clear on like what, what best box is, it's really easy to get outside of scope. Um, just all of a sudden be thinking, you know, people want email marketing inside best box and go that direction, but that's not really in our vision of what best box capabilities we've talked before about figuring out what things we build within the app and then what things we have really strong, like integrations and API with that we can basically connect systems together. So that's one and to kind of knowing what best box does and doesn't do. And then within what we do do, um, I think that is both like our innovation of what we think is important coming, hearing from our actual clients and what they think is important. And then understanding us the industry. There's so many industry reports out there in terms of software and what people, about all of our software competitors they like and don't like. Um, so kind of looking at all of that in like a bigger picture and then drilling down to like, what's the most important right now. And I think, you know, with our our specific clients and like asking them, what is the most important thing to you? And there's actually themes kind of across the board. So, you know, prioritizing that. Um, also kind of like the quickest wins. To, so there's like little improvements happening at the same time while developing the next biggest new feature, like waitlist coming. So, yeah, I think... Um, I don't have a super straight answer for that because it, it, there's, I guess you have to think of a lot of pieces. It's not as simple as I get up in the morning and today this certain thing in the app is painful. So I'm going to fix this. It's being able to look at it collectively, I guess, um, and making decisions for both best for our own development of the business, but ultimately serving our clients we currently have in saying that also watching that you're not only fixing or building things for the 
for the gyms that we're working with because again that's like you might think that's an important thing but if we step back here's actually the better way to build it or another workaround or something like that so and that's a good point because i wanted to i wanted to mention that like obviously we know what the market is saying but any insights that we get like Chris Cooper and Two Brain does a lot of good work in um, uh, like annual wrap ups. I think I saw one come out even just like yeah, fitness, yeah, it just yeah, got released yeah, this yeah. week or something, right? So like, there's a lot of that stuff, but that information is sanitized and it's put through a lens, right? It's a certain perspective, right? And it's good, it's valid, it's there. But what I find hits me a little bit harder is when I'm actually talking to a fitness entrepreneur and I hear them say something back. I wish I could do this. I wish I had a website that did this. I wish my software did this, whatever it happens to be. And when you start to hear it from more than one of your own clients, for me, that accelerates things to the top of our, our prioritization. And it's not like you said, it's not just one person, like you need to sort of balance everything out. But definitely when you have a collection of 10 customers and six or seven out of the 10 are all saying that they need this capability, you can pretty confidently go, that's a safe thing for me to spend. And I think across the board, I found reading those reports, I think Two Brain specifically is known for the amount of um, data and information that goes into behind these reports compared to some of the other reports that are just like people's reviews and feedback um, is that they usually the things that we're hearing from our own clients and gym owners aligns pretty closely to what the industry is just like yeah. we need this thing and things are changing so yeah. for sure definitely there's that cross-validation like if you hear it in the market reports and you hear your customers talking about it right a lot of the time you know maybe a better way to put it is we have to decide what not to do more than we need to decide what to do what to do isn't the problem it's which ones do we not focus on mm -hmm. and which ones do we balance out and mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of that market industry or the market insight stuff mm -hmm. is is helpful cross over that with the feedback we get from our clients and then so i mean the best way to get feedback in is become a best box client and then you meet with us once yeah. a week and i think that's least. that's what i like love the most about it is like people want to be part of something people are busy but the idea of like right now being a best box client, I think our clients are really loving that having a weekly meeting to hear like, how is it going? What do you want to see? And you know, what would be like your dream for for this thing? And then even connecting back with some of those gyms, um, athletes to get their feedback to tech to basically be building the, the future of like gym management software. Um, and being like, Oh, cool. Yeah, it was like my feedback that came into like building that, that that's kind of cool. So can we talk about the feedback gathering piece? Because that's one thing that you've asked about, or you've you mentioned a few times about doing is like mastermind kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? And I find part of the value, we're small, so we have the ability to be a little bit more intimate with yeah. the people that mm -hmm. we work with right now. But I don't think you or I want to lose that mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And so we've talked about scaling that help mm -hmm. in not so much one-on-one, -on -one, but small and, and, I'm, and I'm hearing that that's a kind of across the board in the coaching industry is you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching has, and I've experienced both one-on-one -on -one coaching myself in business as well as like group coaching. And that one-on-one -on -one generally has like a higher price point, which is sometimes harder for people to participate in. Um, but there's just so much power of having a collective of people that are all kind of in the same boat and dealing with the same things is that generally the question, and I already experienced that with meeting with all of our clients weekly is like the things I'm talking to about one client, I'm literally having the next meeting. And be like, Did we just talk about this? Oh yeah. This was like with the other gym owner having the exact same problem. Um, so the ability to have people together. And I know in entrepreneurship in the very beginning, it was very lonely. I was like talking to myself, like this is a good idea and yeah it is Nicole and you're like loved ones only want to hear so much and they're like I don't know and you don't really know like 
the best next steps to do. So I just, we were, I think it's going to be really awesome when we can get our, um, what this mastermind looks like. We're not really sure, but just the idea of bringing the lonely entrepreneur together and a perfect example was even just with all this COVID protocols, the local gyms, when the new guidelines came out and you had to rewrite your gym protocol, I'm like, oh, if we just have like a mastermind group where like one person writes the protocols, then we share it and everyone just updates it. Um, being able to share kind of the um, the struggles and successes and um, share that out with a group first, it kind of being one-on-one. Uh, and yeah, kind of, I think we have a lot of kind of visions, but one thing in mind I've always thought was really cool of another mastermind group I heard years ago was having um, like a large group. And then, you know, people generally have, everyone's struggling in a different area in their business. Someone's like brand new. They're just figuring out how do I start? Like what, what do I need to start? Other people are far down the path and they're like, I need more leads. Another group of business owners are like, Oh, I'm really struggling with internal culture and then breaking people into little pods, like having a big yeah. group of gym owners and then little pods where like this little pod of six for the next 12 weeks. We're just focusing on like your team and culture. This pod, we're just focusing on like lead generation. This little pod, we're all brand new gym owners and we're just getting the ground level base, like waivers and form set up. Um, so I think, yeah, I could, I could go on and on and on about my inspiration and excitement for what the mastermind uh, looks like, but just, yeah, a place to bring a community together of gym owners is really like the overall. Like that. So maybe why don't we put that out there for like anybody yeah. that's listening, if you're interested in something like that, like basically if you're a fitness entrepreneur, either individual trainer or looking to become individual or even just a coach, basically if you're a fitness professional, in any way, shape, or form, and you think this would be helpful for you, reach out and let us know. I think we'll probably start running a few of these groups of, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I like. I think they're more valuable when they're topic-driven, totally. for sure. But I mean, maybe we start with something more general and broad, and then like dig into it. But I think yeah. that's a big piece. Of I think the coolest thing I've been part of with masterminds, I've been part of the ones where everyone comes to the call and it's kind of open circle, and you don't get as much out versus having a little bit of pre-work where we ask those questions, and then oh, these are the themes that yeah. people are struggling with the most. How do we bring a guest speaker in? How do we do a bit of a let's let's teach on this topic, um, and then have some discussions while people have some time to like integrate or try the things. Um, so I think that's. I've been through enough masterminds to know the things that don't work well and the things that do. (laughs) And really, it is. If everyone just shows up and we're like, "Hi, we're here," like, yeah, it it it, there's it definitely is helpful when there's a theme and a topic. Um, But that's also one of the areas that you're very good at is like teeing these things up and setting it up. I could just picture like multiple 12 week programs, right? <laughs> like people flowing from one program into the next and like their stepping stones and building on like, you do this and then you will learn this and then week three will tie into week one and it will be glorious. I could just see that. <laughs> but I, think, I, think that's cool. a, I think that's a good piece uh, yeah. of, of the mentorship and the, um, kind of that mind share. And it, it ties off with both what the technology can do with keeping the soft skills for the people yeah. up to date, mm-hmm. right? And we just, like we said, we just, the, I think um, you just said a word and I was going to talk about it. Now I totally forget what you just said. <laughs> soft skills. Soft skills, no, before that, rewind. Rewind. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. Either way, it was about the fact of bringing people together. We'll move on from that because my brain does not remember. Cool. Well, um, cool. So you have an idea of what's kind of what we're more like understanding where we're coming from and like actually hearing, I think it's kind of cool for people to hear the, well, I think it's cool, maybe not, but like the back, the back story of like, how does the software get built? Like the, you know, not too many often you get to like 
hear the people around the table who are designing the things of like, what is the thought process? What is like, how do we prioritize things? Um, and being part of something from the beginning versus just like signing up for a system and getting it. Like this started somewhere. Like yeah. we have a podcast that's currently set up with piles of paper and just like how yeah. it all starts. <laughs> Empty microphone box. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, where does the software start? Just like all of it. I just think that the fact that we're kind of sharing behind the scenes of building a software, and and I think that part that's important to us is like having as many people's voices as part of that in terms of our master. Oh, mentorship. You use the word mentorship. mentorship, and that got me excited. So we've been trying to figure out like how do we, what do we call our business? Mm. I mean, we're selling that. We know we're Best Box, yeah. like software, and we're like, how do we summarize all the services that we do without just saying services? And we talked about the word mentorship versus like coaching or whatever that is, because we want to mentor people in a number of areas of their business. Um, so I think it's cool to kind of hear the. the the building it's really like the and what the it's technology enabled mentorship mm -hmm. is kind of what we do a lot of the stuff we do we can do with pieces of paper and stuff like that but really it's like doesn't that's not really that sustainable it is in some cases but for what we're trying to do it's the processes empowered by the technology mm -hmm. whether it's our technology or just using things like mobile phones to do mm -hmm. point of sale checkout at the, at the gym like whatever that is mm -hmm. but it's really around that and then enabling them to do it themselves because mm -hmm. they have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. This can't be a managed service and there isn't enough revenue in a gym business to like outsource this, like you're a All software company, yeah. right? Like you can't. So you have to make it as simple and efficient as you possibly can. And the ability to like have a service where we set it up and then teach you and mentor you to use the things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Kind of help the, the digital digital change in the yeah. business. Yeah. 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 Entrepreneur. The mentorship piece of things. Good. And so I, I, I like that we tie off on the mentorship piece. You were asking or you were mentioning about how it's created. And mm -hmm. the thing user story was coming to mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would be a good thing to touch on is that um, as much as we mentor and we give advice on different things, everything that we build essentially starts with a user story, mm -hmm. right? And, and that sounds like an abstract thing, but it's actually a, a product management principle. Yeah. Product management is the practice. There's professional people called product managers. They can build, uh, they can be the product manager for the hot dogs you buy at the grocery store, or they can be the product manager for Facebook or Instagram. Uh, it's basically just designing the life cycle and what a good product is. Um, but in product management, you start with a user story. And the user story may sound something like, um, as a user of the Best Box app, you know, an athlete that attends a gym, I would expect to log into my class. And when I see the workout, if it tells me to perform power cleans at 67% of my one rep max, that I'd be able to see what my one rep max might be, mm -hmm. right? And ultimately, it starts with just like, what a user is expecting to be able to do. And then it's our job as like software tech people to build put buttons in place and messages and words and pictures and like the sequence of views that you would see in an app together so that that person can achieve that result. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's as simple as, as possible. And that's a really, really kind of like complicated roundabout way to, to try to explain. But ultimately it's like, if the user needs to be able to do this, we need to be able to articulate that in a way that the software can do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what it starts with. If the user story is powerful enough, it's, it's important enough. Um, that's kind of where, um, that's kind of where things, things leave off. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>
Yeah, so I guess that's maybe the a good place. If anybody has feedback, mm-hmm. either on our app or any app, the best thing to do is to kind of say like, hey, as a user, I wish this would happen. Yeah. And if you do that, we can either explain to you how that would work or uh-huh. how we would get to that point, or we add you to the list of like, ooh, that's a good idea. Uh-huh. Let's mark that up, and then we go start checking some of the I've had a lot of fun looking at some of the other competitors just in 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 softwares in general um, that have those pages on their websites where basically um, any user, any athlete, anybody could log on and basically submit their idea and then the ability on some of them for uh, people to comment on those ideas or vote on those ideas um, is something really fun that we should we should have that. Yeah, we should. We should. I mean, in the meantime, just yeah. hit us up on Instagram. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Like we're both in the IG side of things, so in the IG. That's, that's our <laughs> IG meta. Um, uh, huh. That's kind of where we live. But I mean, that's we start small, so that's mm-hmm. where we start, and we uh, we invest our time mm-hmm. in talking to people rather than making fancy forms and stuff mm-hmm. right now. But yeah, I think that's behind the scenes that kind of tells you a little bit about where we're going yeah kind of what we're doing some of the new features and stuff like that obviously we'll keep things updated on the future future techie stuff but mm-hmm. yeah. sounds good, good place to wrap. all right